0: everybody welcome back to episode two of our dare to dream series now in this series we're talking about people who played a big part in mm-hmm. god's story because they dared to dream not their dream but god's dream now today we're going to talk about somebody that if you've been around church for very long you've probably heard about right. this guy his name is moses and Moses played a huge part in the story of God. Uh, he was the one who went and, and delivered the people out of bondage, out of slavery, because God led him to. Right. And so we're going to go through his story and just really talk about, break down um, some of the things about his life, but also about what motivated Moses to be someone who dreamed God's dream. Yeah. So, so let's jump into it and let's go over just some, some things that maybe are, are not quite so known about Moses. Um, I, I think one of the first things is, is that Moses was born to a Levite mom and dad. Right. So he was part of the priesthood that God had set up through Abraham, um, you know, and so he's he was born to this couple who followed God, loved God, right. and then they got into this bad situation.
1: Well, he was born into slavery, right? Right. There, oh, yeah. he was It wasn't like the Levite line was apart from that. He was his parents were slaves when he was born. Right. So, I mean, I think that that's important for us to recognize because. Right now in our world, we can say, well, the church, there's so many places in in the world where the church is um, under fire or Christians are under fire, followers mm-hmm. of God are under fire. That's not a new thing.
0: no, right no, they no, were they
1: absolutely. were in slavery in the midst of um, major persecution to a level that none of us would even know what to do with.
0: right. Right. Well, and, and so what happened is, is that the Egyptians started to become fearful of the Hebrew people because they were multiplying in numbers. So (laughs) they had a lot of babies. (laughs) They had a lot of babies. Yeah. They had a lot of babies. And they, and so Pharaoh and the Egyptians, they started to go, what is going to happen if these people outnumber us? And then all of a sudden they're going to take over. So, so Pharaoh decides we gotta do something about this. And so he puts out this edict saying you we're gonna kill off all the babies that all the boys. All the baby boys. Yeah, exactly. Right. So Moses is one of them. Like he just is born and he's right. you know, his mom and dad just they just got him in the earth, and now here he right. is, and they're gonna wipe him out, or the Egyptians are wanting to take him out. So
1: Well, and they were taking all the baby boys. And they're dumping them into the Nile River. So right. I mean, just imagine that. imagine being in this place of complete oppression and what do you have? You have your faith and your family, and then your your family, part of your family is ripped literally from your arms yeah. and thrown into a river to die. Yeah, I mean it yeah. just it was awful, absolutely awful.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we can't even fathom the amount of grief and pain that people were going through yeah. throughout you know that, whole, right. that whole moment in time but Moses's mom decides to disobey and like she decides hey there's something we're not doing this
1: right and i mean i think that people want to get caught up in will you obey the laws of the land you do obey the laws of the land that's important but not when those laws go against God. like God's rule, God's law is always number one. And yes, he's put government officials, he's put legislature, he's put all this stuff in place. Mm -hmm. And we're to honor and respect that, even when you don't agree with it, but not when it goes against God. And so his mom rebelled against Pharaoh in order to honor God.
0: Exactly. Which was a big deal. Yeah, it know? was. And she put her own life at risk. And the rest that. of her family. Right. Exactly. She had two other
1: kids. You sure.
0: Know? Sure. And I'm sure her husband, too. I yeah. Mean, I'm, I'm sure if they found out, wipe the whole family out. Right. Like, we ain't having this. But she hid Moses for as long as she could. And then she's like, mm, we got to do something else. And so she...
1: Can you imagine hiding a it, baby? <laughs> like, they're not quiet. No. So that's... that's- in itself is very interesting, but yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, but so she puts him in this basket, floats him down the Nile River, and he in
1: l- the very river
0: <laughs> yeah. that all
1: the other babies had died in. I mean, I think that there's so many different places of significance there that the other babies had been thrown in to die. He was put into a basket with no, she didn't know what was going to happen. She just had to step out and trust God
0: yeah in in right. darkness
1: really sure you know sure. so he's in that same river
0: absolutely um and so she floats him down this river but she sends his sister Marion, along with you know like along the you walk along the coastline of the river and or the watch. shoreline of the river watch and make sure right. that everything's good and then he lands up and what a horrible
1: know. job Miriam is in <laughs> the weeds like, what is she supposed to do? He's out in the middle of this river. Yeah, you know. But so, that, that would just be an awful job. But yeah, yeah,
0: right, right. Well, so, and we could talk about this for forever. But we all, well, the the story is there to read in Exodus chapter two, three, right. four. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, we we know that he lands up in in the courts of Pharaoh. Um, right. He ends up being Pharaoh's daughters adopted son, and he grows up in that whole culture. Right. And what I think is really kind of cool is is that even though there was this not so perfect situation, God used this whole situation to shape and to mold Moses into the person that he wanted him, that he needed him to be to do the job that God had for Moses to do. So Moses is in this political, you know, hierarchical structure. And he's being he's got the best education. He's being taught leadership. He's being taught social structures and how to how to be, you know, an overseer over Right. Hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people. And being taught to read and write. Exactly. Exactly. Because.
1: Commerce and understanding how all those things worked. Absolutely. He was getting the ultimate education. um, And as a Hebrew. Right. Unheard of. Right.
0: Something that none of the other Hebrew. Kids would have gotten a chance. Absolutely, to have. absolutely. They would not have gotten an education or learned to read and write any of that kind of stuff. So he lives in this system for forty years. The first forty years of his life, he's he's in the palace, the palace, mm-hmm. and under Pharaoh and learning right. all of these things. And then his heart gets the best of him, and he sees one of the Hebrews, which we have to i think what's cool about this is that somewhere because his mom actually nursed him raised him he had some kind of relationship with her until he was probably six seven years old right so somehow he knows that he was a hebrew and he sees a hebrew being abused by one of pharaoh's soldiers you know one of the military people gets infuriated by because he just can't stand this this person is being treated like this and i gotta do something about it so he does the wrong thing right and he murders him Mm -hmm. um and then he's found out and then pharaoh's like i'm gonna kill you and so he flees right egypt heads out into the desert and this is kind of another cool part of his story though is he he's Wandering around the desert, and he he walks up on this situation that is happening mm-hmm. between these girl shepherds and right. these other shepherds. Um, they they brought their flocks up to the to the well to water right. them, and these other shepherds come along and they try to bully them. Right. I don't know if they're men. I don't know, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, they they
1: are they are men. I mean. Yeah, I don't know either. Let me say it that way. But from what I've studied, it was um, these female shepherds were watering their sheep, and then these men. And it, some translations refer to them as men shepherds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So they come. But were up. they
1: all men? Was how many? Was yeah, there was right. it men and women? Like it doesn't say.
0: The point is, though, is they they go up there to water their flocks and these other shepherds come along and they're like and they try to run them off. Right. And Moses is somewhere around the well and yeah. he observes this. And what is it that one translation says that he rises up?
1: It, yeah, well, because it what does them? it say? It says that he is um In verse 17, it says, Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. But I was one of the translations, another translation I was reading says that he rose up. Mm -hmm. So he physically inserts himself into a dangerous situation. Exactly. On behalf of someone else, which is that what we know is this the second time he's done that. He's put himself in harm's way to protect
0: Someone. Someone
1: else that's innocent or right. that's... Or
0: powerless. Pa- exactly. No. But what's cool about that is, is that this time he handles it a little bit better than the yeah, last time. Going off killing and because of how he cared about those girls and he took care of them. And, and I, I love the fact that he didn't just drive the other shepherds away and go, look, you ain't going to do this to these girls. But he told them, probably hey just sit down let me water your flocks for you you know but what however it happened he actually watered the flocks he
1: went for the, he went them. the extra mile exactly he he didn't just protect he he didn't step in and protect he then showed love showed compassion showed
0: yeah. he cared yeah uh, exactly. for them and and cared for their flocks and so i just think that's super cool because of that though um he found a home and a wife. Right. And that that's, you know. So the
1: girls that were there were all sisters, and their dad mm-hmm. was a Midian priest. Exactly. And they were, it was very common um, in that day and time. It's actually still common. It's more common for women to be shepherds than it is men. Right. And so the daughters of this priest were all shepherds and in a very vulnerable situation, And so that going back to their father and saying, hey, this guy came out of nowhere and he protected us, then he went as far as to do this. The Midian priest took note and gave one of his daughters to Moses. Well,
0: sure. Yeah. And I'm sure that there was a period of time that all that took place. Sure. um, but I mean, still. it wasn't like a
1: Starbucks <laughs> gift card, thank you no. card. He's like, "Here's yeah. my daughter." Yeah, right. you know <laughs>
0: exactly. But but anyways, so I just think that's a super cool thing, you know, that we just we see the compassion and the care that Moses has for yeah. hurting people and people that are powerless, and that's his heart. Right. Okay, so Moses ends up out in the desert, and now he's going to spend the next forty years of his life learning to lead in a completely different way right. than what he's experienced before.
1: Right. So the first 40 years of his life, he was part of the greatest Egyptian dynasty mm-hmm. um, that had ever been. And at that time, the, in the greatest, really, palace and situation in the world, to now spending the next 40 years in the lowliest of low jobs. As a shepherd,
0: which was reserved. Something that was reserved for young girls.
1: Yeah. Uneducated. Yeah. And in the heat of the desert. I mean, think about that for a second. There had to have been split second moments. I mean, the Bible doesn't record that, but moments of going, wow, my life has taken a turn. Like, this is not great. This is not um, fun. And I mean, how often do we have those moments, too, where we have highs and it's great and we're winning but it's in the losses in yeah. in those moments, in the in the in the difficult situations, in the un, unplanned circumstances that our greatest growth comes, right. right?
0: well, and and if you think about it from this standpoint, so Moses's first forty years, he's learned all these things about how to lead in you know society, how to how to lead you know social right. structures right. and all that kind of stuff but now he's in a desert and he, God's call on his life is to lead people through the desert. Right. So he's learning through sheep. He's got it. Yeah. So now, <laughs> now he, I mean like he can't get out there and get lost, you mm-hmm. know? So he's got to learn some new skills in order to complete what God's called. Well him what, to do.
1: what are the dumbest animals out there? Sheep. Sheep. Yeah. And so he had to, and sheep, unlike people, you can't reason with them. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, interesting information here is that a she, shepherd doesn't clock in and clock out. Sheep become familiar at a very early age with their shepherd's voice. Yeah. And then they follow their shepherd.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um we could both be leading separate sets of sheep and be together. And when I call my sheep, because they are familiar with my voice, they follow me. I mean, what is John 10, 27? My sheep know my voice. They hear my they hear voice. My voice. And they, they know me. And they follow me. And they me. follow me. Yeah. And so what God is planned, what his plan for Moses to do is going to require him learning to lead in a capacity that he is not familiar with.
0: Right. And as a servant leader.
1: As a servant. Not leader, a
0: hierarchical not a positional top leader, down, right? right, but
1: as a as someone that And I mean there's there's actually a podcast that um I'm working on mm-hmm. that really talks a lot about that the whole idea of what that leadership of a shepherd looks like, yeah. the heart of a shepherd. Right. How how they lead, how do they process um through with the sheep in which they're leading and moses is learning this for the first time
0: right right with animals
1: that are dumb
0: (laughs) right but but how much better to learn it's hands-on training right and god knew that moses was going to need that kind of training in order to be able to fulfill his purpose his call on his life right know. um but again we're finding a caregiver. We're seeing him as someone that looks at the helpless right. and says, I want to help. You know? Well,
1: And what is God, God, um, well, David refers to God as our shepherd. So there is, there is the nurturing side of God that is compared to as a shepherd that mm-hmm. he, he leads me. He takes care of me. He restores my soul is what yeah. David says about right. God. Right. And, for Moses to now be in a situation where he's having to develop, you know, it's in him. I believe it was in him from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff in all of us. But that the stuff that's in us, the God-given gifts and talents and calling, has to be developed.
0: Right. You don't just wake yeah. up one
1: day as the leader of a nation, leading him through, a leader of a people. You not just wake yeah. up and go, okay, I'm going to lead these people out of Egypt he spent 40 years learning how to lead sheep before yeah. he could lead people
0: sure absolutely so 40 years to learn leadership skills 40 years to learn how to lead people right so i think that you know when we look at moses's life what we see is that the the huge part of why he lands up in God's story is yes it's his obedience when God did speak to him out of that burning bush and said you know I want you to go to Egypt and I want you to set my people free I mean Moses reluctantly did go but I think the the heart behind it for Moses, why he was in that storyline is because he cared about the fate of others.
1: Right. Well, can I can we talk about that for a second? Because yeah. if you'll notice mm-hmm. that when he killed the Egyptian um, guard, he was paying attention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. When he um,
0: rescued the girls. rescued the
1: girls, he was paying attention. Yeah. When God, he saw the burning bush, it's because he was paying attention. And I think that's the, a
0: really good point. Though, they yeah. go
1: in hand and I, 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 people are like, I need a burning bush. I think we just need to pay attention. God is always around. He's always moving. He's always speaking. Mm, He's always yeah. present. That is so and good. his compassion went hand in hand with his alertness. That right. He was just, he wasn't checked out. And I mean, how many times do we just go, oh, and we do, we zone out, we check out. Moses didn't do that. No. You know, the bush, God didn't say, hey, Moses, I want to talk to you. He lit a bush on fire and the bush was not consumed. The the fire did not consume Mm -hmm. it. That got his attention. Yeah. And then what did he do?
0: He said, let's go see it.
1: Right. What did, what did scripture say he did with the girls? He rose up. Mm Mm-hmm. What did it say he did with the Egyptian? Was,
0: uh, yeah, that was abusing. It was Hebrew. all yeah. three the
1: same. He rose up. Yeah. He got up. He took mm-hmm. action. He was paying attention. Yeah. And then he m- was moved by compassion.
0: Right. I I love that. I love yeah. that, that, that point that you just made, that he paid attention. Um, and I, I think that's a great segue right into our challenge. Yeah. So our challenge this week is that we want you to dare to dream a dream about how you can live a life that makes a difference to others. Right. So how, like, like you said, to pay attention. Are we willing to pay attention and dream this dream of saying, I, I care about you? Right. And I'm going to I'm going to pay attention to your life. I'm going to I'm going to be there in those moments when you need somebody because I'm not going to be so consumed with me right that I don't even recognize you.
1: Well, okay. So I think there's something to be said about waking up in the morning and positioning your mind to expect God to use you which sounds crazy yeah. when you're like I just go to school. I am in college. I'm in grad school. I'm in high school. I'm a mom of toddlers. I just go yeah. to work and we do that I just. Nobody just anything like Moses with sheep.
0: Right. It's right. the
1: same monotonous thing every over day and over and over all and day over. long. Yeah. But if you will position your mind and get a mindset that in the morning when you wake up, God, I'm awake. There's mm-hmm. a new day, there's a purpose for me. Yeah. Help me to see, help me to pay attention, help me to look yeah. for opportunity and not sure. to be so distracted. That
0: moment in the grocery store. Yeah. You know, that that moment at work when you walk by somebody's desk and you just notice their countenance is different. Right. Than it normally is. Those are those are those moments of God speaking and saying, hey, pay attention. Right. Pay attention to this person. I want to use you to make a difference in their life.
1: Yeah. I got really convicted by a similar situation um, several years ago. I had. um, Was at the church working, had to run to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. um, I was on my phone, parked, ran in, got what I needed Came back, got in the car, and I noticed, wow, this parking lot's full. And then I Mm -hmm. had this moment, this just revelation from God, if you will, just kind of, who did you see when you were in the grocery store? Mm. And I honestly was like, I I don't know. And then it was, who checked you out? Who, who, you know, checked out your groceries? Right. I have no idea. Was it a man, a woman? I don't know. Yeah. Who did you talk to? What was on the phone? Was that conversation one of importance? I mean, of course it's important, but I missed. Yeah. I know if that particular conversation was just a dumb conversation with a friend, if I'm honest, Mm -hmm. but I missed, I like, It was a place where I really felt like the Lord convicted me of, I'm putting you in situations and in opportunities Mm -hmm. to be a light to a world. Not that you're going to go in the grocery store and everybody in the produce section is going to find Jesus, but there was... When I say the parking lot was full, it was packed. Mm-hmm. And I had just gone into a store that was full of people and I couldn't even tell you if I made eye contact with anyone. That's how distracted and checked out I was. Yeah. So it was a major conviction point for me of going, I need to be present mm-hmm. wherever I'm at. Right. Also, safety reasons, like you shouldn't be like, you know, now they tell you you not to be on your phone in the parking lot. But yeah. Just the the idea of when you are present and you're looking for an opportunity for God mm-hmm. to use you, yeah, that's when he does. Right. When you're right. looking for an opportunity for God to speak to you, that's when he does. But if you're not looking for it, you're gonna miss it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, let, let's let's be real. One of the most powerful things that we can do for someone is to recognize them. It's like yeah like to be seen. You know, to be known, or to know that, that someone saw you, someone, someone looked and said, "Hey, you matter. You care." Right. Those are those moments right. that we really have an opportunity to impact someone. So, Absolutely. So that's our challenge to you this week: is be present. You know, pay attention and and dare to dream a dream that God can use you to make a huge difference in this world mm-hmm. through your compassion, through your care for others. So anyways, that's it for this week and we love you guys and we can't wait to see you again next week. Yeah. So
1: have a good week.
0: All right. Bye-bye.